all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. I don't think I'll ever not make you laugh. You were going for a cat noise there, weren't you? <laughs> Was Is that I? what you were trying to do? Maybe. Oh, okay. We'll see. I guess we will. <laughs> um, follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. And as you may hear throughout the episode, yes. we are recording this on 4th of July. <laughs> so if you hear big like banging noises in the background, it is the 4th of July fireworks mm-hmm. that people have going. So, um, so the, the one night where it's not a misdemeanor, as long as you don't get too out of control. Yeah, are we allowed to... <laughs> It's a, in North Carolina. It's Let's a, not it's, get into that. It's a, you know, it's like a mutual agreement. You know, it's like, don't do anything too stupid, like burn down your house, which somebody yeah. will do tonight somewhere. But as long as yeah. you're not going too crazy and mm-hmm. staying somewhat responsible, we'll just, yeah. yeah, we'll just agree to disagree. Okay. For tonight. That's what the cops will look the other way on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, anyway. But I mean, seriously, but if you let a lot of, if you let too many people loose with fireworks, shit oh, yeah. would burn down. I mean, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's very true. That's very true. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say we have, um, our little boibles in with yes, us. Yes, we do. That's, that's, uh, little Jesse Pinkman and Demetrius, uh, who were very loud today about wanting to eat. Yes, they were. <laughs> There's Demetrius. I wonder if they're actually getting a little scared by the fireworks. Yeah, they might be. They're at least curious about it. Yeah, I think maybe. At any rate, um, I wanted them in here because of the topic mm. today. Uh, so the research uh, for the episode that we're doing today uh, was done by our listener, Alex. Okay. And done... Extremely well and in a very entertaining style. Nice. So, like, really fun formatting for us. Clearly, we're the only ones seeing it, but still. Um, it is a, a type of disaster we have not covered. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only so many of those. Now, it. I guess it is, and Alex makes this point, um, We've covered broader disasters, or disasters that fall into the same broad category, okay. but not this specific category. Interesting. So, why do you think maybe I wanted the cats in? I really have no idea. Mm. So I shouldn't get, be <laughs> no. too coy and teasy no. about it. Okay. All right. Let me make sure I'm pronouncing this correct, because <laughs> Alex included a whole pronunciation guide, which I'm so grateful Very for. Very nice. This is the story... Of the Champawa, sorry, I messed it up the first time. Champawat tiger attacks. Okay. All right, and the the subtitle 
that Alex gave this was how an ecological disaster resulted in the worst series of tiger attacks in history. Did this happen within the last 10, 20 years? No. No? Mm-mm. Earlier this than is, that? This is a turn of the previous century. Oh, okay. Yeah, 19th to 20th well, century. a lot of colonialism still going on at that time, that too. That does indeed play. play a role. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. And when better than on the 4th of July to discuss the dangers of imperialism? That, that's not what, for the, anyway. <laughs> it's literally celebrating a document. That's all we're doing today. <clears throat> so anyway, here's the introduction. Between 1898 and 1907, a Bengal tigress, no, this is a single tiger, known as the, I'm having to need my, sorry, pronunciation again. I just need to leave that I out. need the guide. Champawat, Champawat, uh, tigress, so she was known as the Champawat t- tigress, was responsible for an estimated. Any guesses? Let's go with. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna Samsonite it either way. So let me go with like. Uh, let me go with twenty-seven. Four hundred. Oh my god! Deaths. <laughs> what the fuck? Four hundred thirty-six. A serial deaths. killer. Fucking cats. yeah. Although to be fair, all cats are by nature. Serial killers of various animals, does especially by, birds. Does by any chance a certain movie come out of, come up at all in this I, research? I don't know. Okay, so I have not reread this. That's so. something I... Oh, that's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if it doesn't, I will add on to it. Okay. All right. Um, so 436 deaths in Nepal and Northeast India. While tiger attacks do occur periodically in this region, the event can be considered an ecological disaster because it was the direct result of catastrophic ecological practices on the part of the British colonial government. That's yeah, right, Kitty. Jesse does not like the British um, colonial government's <laughs> reign of India. Right? Why are you looking in the corner? I don't know. I think he's a little bothered by the fireworks. Yeah, they might be. Yeah. Ultimately, the tigress was tracked and killed by an Indian-born Irishman named Jim Corbett, who would later go on to become an early proponent of wildlife and tiger preservation in India. So this is why I'm going to suggest to my dad that he listen to this episode. He loves the stories that Jim Corbett wrote about his. Okay. So um, he was known, because I read a little bit of his stuff, um, but my dad, I think his dad introduced him to the work of Jim Corbett, but basically he hunted and killed man-eating tigers. Okay. So tigers, that, and I'm guessing that Alex is going to get into this, uh, tigers don't typically attack, like go out of their way to Mm -mm. attack humans. No. Self-defense, sure, right? But um, they don't just go hunting for humans. They usually have plenty of other sources. Unless they're injured or their habitat is threatened. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of um, what Jim Corbett ended up hunting was um, tigers with injuries Mm. that couldn't... Sure. So, but they were killing people, so it was a form of... It's easier uh, chasing down a person than it is a gazelle. Exactly, uh, exactly. When you're a little banged up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. You're like that that human. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're not getting away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't outrun me. (laughs) No. So, uh, so I'm definitely aware of uh, Jim Corbett, and just that name so sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I've. I... It reminds me of who's the um, who's the actor? It is like from the same, uh, Northern Exposure. Isn't it John Corbett. John Corbett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of who I thought yeah. of too. But I think I have. 
heard of this guy. Yes. So this is the the beautifulness of uh, Alex's presentation. Very nice. Isn't it cool? All right. I I, I love this next. uh... A suggested beer pairing. (laughs) Six point Bengali Tiger IPA. Ah. Or local national beer. There you go. (laughs) Which is what you're having. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. You are having a Miller Lite. I am having a delicious rum and coke. Yes. That you made for that me. That I prepared. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's delicious. It's delicious. Can I, uh, I didn't Oh, yeah, absolutely. With, uh, I had one last night. With but... rum from the Raleigh Rum Company, right? I believe that's the okay. name. That's Very, good. Uh, yeah, that is good. Mm-hmm. It's good with the bottled Coke. Bottled Coke is better for a mixed drink. Mm. Well, we have plenty now. <laughs> yes, we do. Because <laughs> we bought like a six pack. So, All right, trigger warnings. First of all, for cat lovers... Of whom we are, uh, there is, in Alex's words, hunting and death of a killer kitty. Mm, well, yeah. So now, and this is also over a hundred years ago now. So today, maybe they could do something like track, trap, and preserve, like like Hopefully. give to a rescue or something. I think that's what they do um, for the most part. Professional I, I trackers so. do that. Yes. Um, so. But this was many, many years ago, uh, so one can see where, the, the, like, it might have been like, look, this cat has killed hundreds of people. It's like, we don't know how to trap right. it and move it, and, right. like, we just have we to... We don't have preserves, right. like we, just, we, we just, do now, yeah. We just have to look out for our own here. Mm-hmm. Um, another trigger warning, colonialism. <laughs> for Indian listeners, this was a monstrously cruel period of history, so... And then general violence. Being mauled by a tiger is one hell of a way to go. Uh, that, would not be, that would not be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be one of, about one of the scariest fucking things that could ever happen. Oh, I think they are scared. Yeah, one maybe. The, which one is that? I don't know. Is that the dummy? I don't one know. One of our cats climbed over, under the covers in our recording studio. Oh, Jesse! No, it's Jessel. I think he is a little disturbed. Yeah, he'll be all right. He's, di- he's disturbed anyway. <laughs> he's disturbed in general. <laughs> But you know what's so funny, and I'm sure we'll comment on this multiple times, but any cat owner <laughs> there he um, comes. can see the similarities between those big cats and even just our little domestic cats. It's just the, the, the mannerisms, the mannerisms are, are almost so the exact same. Basically, yes. Um, I feel like we did mention this when we actually did do this, but uh, we went to Carolina Tiger Rescue. Baby. Okay. Oh, there he is. Hi. I'm, I'm sure we mentioned that. When did Ye- we go? January. Oh, that's right. I know. It seems like six yes, years ago, it but it does. was January because 2020 is the year. Everything pre-COVID is like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure feels like it. It does. That's for sure. So, um, but we saw a lot of those big cats that they had at the rescue. And um, Carolina's Tiger Rescue is a great organization. Yeah, this we did not go to... Like one of those oh, that guys. Uh, what's <laughs> his name? Carol Baskins. Yes, or, uh, we didn't go to hers the either. Tiger King. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, because Carol Baskin is is, <laughs> the is to blame for everything. <laughs> um, but you can. I mean, you just anyone who's seen like house cats and then big cats, you can just see. Like, the only thing that keeps Jesse Pinkman and Demetrius from killing us is that they're so their small size. they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they just scream at us to feed them. Mm-hmm. And we do. So. so here are some fun tiger facts. Tigers are the strongest cats in the world. 
Their bite force is about 1,000 pounds per square inch, almost twice that of a lion. Jesus. Tiger's claws are four inches long. Oh my God. If they were knives, they would be illegal in several U.S. states. That's true. Blades over a certain length. Tigers hunt by stealth. Often, oh. yes, <laughs> like Jesse's doing now. Often leaping onto their victims or charging into them with a burst of speed. And again, you can see that in little cats, too. Once they make that decision in their mind, like, you're fucked. You're done. You are done. Uh, Tigers can run up to 40 miles an hour. Yeah, that's that's stupid. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, big cats, I mean, really are. um, I mean, they're not. Nothing will ever be the size of a dinosaur ever again. Right, Mm-mm. but they are like the modern day dinosaurs in the sense that they're the they're the apex predators. Right, like they are the their... as far evolution yeah. was like. What if we built the fastest, <laughs> strongest, biggest thing? Yep. Relative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's this is the result. Like mm-hmm. an absolute fucking killing machine. They they really are. They really are. So sorry, I, I cursed. I didn't mean to do that. You've you've cursed like twenty times already, so Damn it's it. okay. <laughs> I will not curse. My dad has cur- heard you curse many times. That's true. He's heard me curse a few. I'm sure very disapprovingly. So I'm trying to trying to curb it. Anyway, um, oh, <laughs> tigers kill smaller prey. Now, side note: humans are considered small prey sure. to a tiger. Oh yeah. By again, trigger warning by grabbing them by the neck and severing their spine. Which, yikes. For larger prey, because they do go after things like their size or better, uh, they grab them by the neck and crush their windpipe until the animal suffocates to death. Isn't that horrific? Yeah, it doesn't sound awful. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Cats are terrible. They are. They are. They're little uh, sociopaths. They are. They're they're you ever seen psycho the, killers. We've seen these two with bugs plenty oh, of times. Yes. They torture yeah, them, they'll tor- too. They'll, oh, my goodness. They would do it for six hours if we let them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, Jess. Go on. Go on. Why do you... Oh, don't go under the... Not on the fitted sheet, please. The, the, uh, come here. Yeah. Come here. Come here, baby. Oh, come here. Come here. <laughs> let go. You don't have four-inch talons, but you do have... I need to trim your claws. This is just what everybody so was hoping for. Yes. Okay. Come here. Come here. Are you tra- are you scared of the fireworks? Is that what it is? Yeah, he's scared of something. I think he is. I think he's scared. He'll Poor be, baby. He'll be fine. Poor baby boy. It's okay. <laughs> this is riveting podcasting. This is, we're gonna win an award for this. Yes, we will. Here, chew the paper. And That'll get invited. And get invited to all the festivals, <laughs> which won't happen. Which will never happen yeah. again. Yeah. It'll all be virtual. No, I want that. That's my pronunciation guide. I need that. Okay. Uh, Tiger's feet are padded with fur so that they are essentially silent (laughs) as they walk through the forest, despite weighing hundreds of pounds. Yes, we can hear our little boys because we have wood floors. We hear the... We hear their nails. (laughs) And the click, click, click. Yes. Yes. Tigers prefer to hunt at night. Their night vision is six times better than a human's. Basically, tigers are perfectly adapted to be terrifying merchants of death in the Absolutely. wild. That's a, good, that's a good turn of phrase, Alex. Terrifying merchants of death. That's yeah, actually you, a good uh, band name, too. Yes, merchants it is. of death. Yeah, especially you would not see that coming at night. No. You would just, it would actually probably be better that way. 
Like if you just couldn't, if you just couldn't see it coming at all, because even that one second where you did would be terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a link here, which I can't, I can't click on paper. No. (laughs) Well, you're trying. This tiger attack film is worth watching to see just how powerful a tiger is. No one dies in the video. I hope. I am also enjoying a video. I'm guessing probably. Okay. Anyway. Uh, location. The attacks took place in a remote area at the border of India and Nepal, with the majority occurring in the Kuman ah. region of the Indian state of Uttarakhand. Thank you so much for the pronunciation, guys. Alex, I really appreciate it. So this is an area mostly known for Hindu pilgrimage, pilgrimage sites, although the city of Rishikesh is well known because the Beatles, oh yes, oh. visited there in 1968 when they were studying under the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Yes. So this is a view of that region. Very mountainous. Mm-hmm. Very green as well. Yes, very lush. Yeah, we were just watching that um, documentary about rock and they mentioned mm-hmm. the Beatles. Staying there. Yeah, visiting India. Very famous period of their um, music. Geographically, the area is rugged, mountainous, and heavily forested. The forest is primarily made up of cedar, deodar cedar, okay, Himalayan or blue pine, oak, silver fir, spruce, chestnut, elm, poplar, birch, yew, cypress, and rhododendron. That's a lot. That's really diverse. You could compare it to higher elevations in the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And then there's a short video that I can't click on. With my finger? You tried. I did try. Uh, that <laughs> you never know. We, we might be able to do that in the future. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we can come up with that. Hyperlinks that are like touchable on paper. Yeah, let's make it happen. That's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy. Somebody's probably already. <laughs> Elon Musk yeah, pro- right? probably already has it. Like, like sentient like his, paper. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of his patents he hasn't gotten around to right? yet. And he's like, I, he's like, I'm waiting on this one. He's like, I'm gonna, let me wait until SpaceX is uh, yeah. done or whatever. So these forests were a rich source of lumber for the colonial British government, a fact which contributed to the events of this story. Um, so, all right, so overhunting. India has a long history of tiger hunting going back to Mughal emperors who performed tiger hunts as a show of power and prestige. And this is pretty, this is a pretty sad picture. And you show you all the pelts of the yeah, tigers. Yeah, that's quite a few. And that's, I think, so vegan speaking here um i i struggle with hunting writ large obviously as a vegan um i do think that there certainly there are cultures where i i get it like it's long-standing it's part of spiritual practices in some places so i get that don't love it but i get it um there's also people who hunt for food so, okay. Again, not my favorite thing, especially if you don't have to, but okay. Sport hunting. And I mean, all sport hunting is, is trying to show show that you're... Show dominance. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. It, there's, it, there's no purpose to it. Not even like a somewhat justifiable purpose to it. It's just... 
to show off. And especially, that's ridiculous. I mean, especially nowadays, there are so few tigers in the wild. That's right. Period. So it's even it's even endangering an entire species. Yes, mm-hmm. or multiple species. Mm-hmm. Irresponsible is the exact correct word in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, so that was happening. Even I mean, that's happened for millennia. But traditional tiger hunts would have been quite an event involving as many as forty elephants and numerous servants walking through the bush, acting as beaters literally beating the brush and clanging items together to make as much noise as possible to startle and disorient the tiger. Just like our cats Mm -hmm. are very, like, freak out all of a sudden. I'm sure big cats do that, too, if they're caught off guard. I would not want to freak out a big cat. No. Even if I was riding on an elephant. No. (laughs) Would not. Would not. (laughs) These people are nuts. Yeah, that's that's. And you know they lost some people doing that shit because oh, there's people on the ground, I'm sure, and, and yeah. Yeah, not that the not that the rich people hunting cared too much because it wasn't them who no. was being endangered. These tiger hunts escalated rapidly under British colonial rule and became almost. Oh, this is basically just constant uh, fireworks. Sorry about. Sounds that, Sounds like somebody's hunting. It does. These tiger hunts escalated rapidly, okay, uh, and became almost a rite of passage for British officers. Some officers boasted as many as a thousand tigers killed. That's awful. That's a lot. Per one human? That's completely disproportionate. I mean, it's terrible just even to begin with. But, excuse me. Some have estimated that as many as 100,000 tigers were killed between 1875 and 1925. That's awful. Yeah, that's... I mean, if one guy has a thousand. Yeah, uh huh. So, it wouldn't be hard to hit a hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. During the late 19th century, the British colonial government was working to transform the Indian countryside from a mostly natural and undeveloped state into something more akin to England, a land neatly divided into fields and farms and devoid of predators and wild creatures, which were largely seen as a nuisance to be tamed. Everywhere they could, Colonial leaders raised forests and converted them to farmland to grow grain and other commodities, which could be packaged, transported, and sold cheaply around the world. Uh, The construction of railroads also took a heavy toll on Indian forests. Similar to the construction of the Transcontinental Railroad in the United States, the British colonial government was attempting to unite all of the regions of its vast Indian empire during this period. Here's a picture of... uh, some trains and mm-hmm. people on it. Unfortunately for tigers, the Deodar cedar trees of the Kuman <laughs> region proved to be ideal for railroad construction purposes, so bridges and railways, cars and such, due to their ability to withstand damp conditions without rotting. So these were hardy trees and they mm-hmm. were able to use them. So tigers were essentially being forced into ever smaller and more remote parts of the country, bringing them into contact with human mm-hmm. populations as they struggled to find a niche. And with other species that they wouldn't necessarily interact with. Right. I'm sure it was doing all sorts mm-hmm. of damage to just the natural ecological system yeah. of uh, predators and uh, prey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Because of the rampant hunting that was occurring during this time period, a great number of tigers were not killed outright, but instead injured. This is significant because an injured tiger, and this is what we were talking about before, is unable to hunt their normal prey. As a result, they will look for sources of food outside their normal diet. 
Tigers are also extremely territorial, much like cats. Mm-hmm. They say that um, house cats that oh, are indoor a, outdoor they have a perimeter exactly yeah. they have like their little their hood right they have their neighborhood they have their place they're they're like they this is my place this is my territory my property so yeah absolutely most wild tigers live half the length of those in captivity because they are killed in fights mm, with other tigers sure. over territory and that's true i remember at the um tiger rescue they were talking about the difference between the lifespan of a tiger or various cats in the wild Mm -hmm. versus in captivity. And some of their cats were two, three decades old, I think. Yeah. They, they had definitely had at least a couple over 20 or Mm -hmm. would hit 20. So, yeah. Well, my, my previous kitty pipsqueak lived to be 19 and house cats can live to be in their twenties. So, yeah. If a tiger is, is injured, it makes them even more vulnerable to their territory being taken over by another tiger because they can't want to fight. So they can be forced into ever remoter areas while trying to find a new territory. Also during this period, there were a number of diseases and blights which decimated tigers' natural prey population, notably rinderpest, exacerbating an already bad situation for the tigers. Ungulates, I think I'm pronouncing that right, such as cattle, goats, buffalo, yak, antelope, and deer were noted to have perished in large numbers from rinderpest right at the turn of the 20th century. Well, Mm. plagues and pandemics hit humans. They do hit animal populations, too. Like um, the bees, right? Mm -hmm. Aren't they suffering from... They are. Um, A decrease of population. Yeah, but it's due to a specific... I don't know what... Condition or mold or something. Yeah, what's causing it, I don't know, but I, I do know that it's... That actually would be a good it's thing a, for us to I cover. do know it's a problem. Oh, it's a major problem. Mm-hmm. Not just for the poor bees, but for humans as well. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get into a timeline... Sorry, I need to put this the correct way right here. Being very OCD about the... Well, I. Oh, well, it's because I'm definitely going to need the title page. When I go. <laughs> I'll, we'll but give anyway. you the pronunciation guide, too. Yes. So here is uh, the sort of timeline of this tigress and, and the attacks. So at some point, the Champawat tigress was injured when a hunter shot her in the mouth. Ooh breaking off a large part of her upper left canine and completely destroying the bottom left canine. Now, those mm, are the, obviously are pretty... the teeth that are sharp and yeah. responsible for being able those. to tear and chew. Yeah. With significantly damaged canines on one side of her mouth, she would have been unable to effectively hunt the large pachyderms and ungulates she was used to. And with ever-increasing competition for territory due to habitat destruction and no ability to to defend her territory from other tigers, this tigress was forced to look for opportunities elsewhere. Unfortunately for the people living in the foothills of the Himalayas, they proved easy prey. So the tigress first started attacking people in Rupal Valley in Nepal around 1898. Remember, she she was around for a while Mm -hmm. doing this, so... She killed so successfully by taking people from the very edge of the villages and quickly dragging them into steep ravines where hunters couldn't follow even if they wanted to. So she was being quite crafty. Yeah. She's she's a tiger. She's she's a smart smart kitty. Like if I scoop this guy up real quick, 
Mm-hmm. I'll be down to the and yep. mm-hmm. I can they'll get never him, catch I can me. Get him away. Well, remember um, when we saw the uh, I, was it the leopard that we saw where the guy said it can drag up to three times oh, its body weight yeah, up I a tree. What cat it was, but yes. And we were it, like, "Holy Christ!" Yeah, because that that was whatever the cat was that had the huge platform mm-hmm. built. I think that was a leopard. Was it? I think because so. um, because they said they need the height they're used to this height yes. they want this height that's how they hunt mm-hmm. yep now to be clear they had a huge enclosure yes. so <laughs> they couldn't jump out no <laughs> it was a very safe place i felt very safe during the whole yes <laughs> the whole time all right so hunting parties were only brought in after she killed more than 200 people jesus Christ. so it took them wow. until 200 people to be like okay like, all right, we should, should we go I think we might have a problem. Maybe. Oh, man. What do now, you guys think? Now, he goes, uh, Alex goes a little bit more into this. This may have been due to the indigenous Tharu's people, Tharu people's belief in the tiger as a divine guardian of the forest. So that I can respect. I, yeah, I can see that. Being kind of like, okay, we really don't like that a tiger is killing all our people. But if she, if she's like a goddess, but at the same time, but at the same time, we really didn't like Dan, and now, <laughs> and now he's not around. So you know, well, that's <laughs> pluses I and minuses. I, I think that was probably not the case, but I can see. You know, that. they felt that way about at least one person. You know, they were like, "Well, we we weren't going to try to find him anyway." Possibly, but um, but. Uh, like that, I could see being really conflicted if part of your belief system is, is that, that this is a divine animal. And that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And Well, there's it's trying to survive, that's for sure. So, in their view, I just wouldn't go anywhere near the edge of town. Well, that's, yeah. Although, I would think she would start encroaching closer and closer as the prey. That's true. The edge of town in. would start to shrink, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Ooh, that's a scary <laughs> movie know. waiting to it happen. It is a really scary movie. Well, they've already kind of made one. Yeah. Which, if she doesn't mention it, I will. It's not the same story, but I'm, it's another story that is, I believe, a true story, but it was a... A major, major Hollywood motion picture. Gotcha. I did. I neglected to ask Alex's pronouns, which is my fault. Mm. So I, uh, I'll just um, refer to Alex as Alex. Yes. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> All right. Um, so in their view, any village suffering from tiger attacks must have done something extremely bad to deserve such punishment. So if you think this is a a deity. And it's killing your people off. Well, then what would you do? Wrong, I guess is the logic. So tiger victims, in fact, would have been taboo as they were believed to be cursed to wander the earth as spirits. Okay. Yeah. I hope that didn't happen. (laughs) Well, for their sake. True. Furthermore, even speaking the word tiger was believed to summon a tiger from the forest. That's. This is like horror movie stuff. It is. That's kind of creepy. It's like the Candyman or what? Or is that when you look into a mirror and say... The Candyman three times. Okay. Um, there, there are various monsters that can come up. Okay. On the, on the three, I can't remember. There's a, a new... I think the it's called Can, Candyman. A new remake Did they coming make one? out. But it's... Um, I don't think it is directed by Jordan Peele, but it's executive produced. So it's very much in you know that what? vein. I think that was supposed to come out like... Now or I this summer? I think so, yeah. I think I do remember scenes. Anyway. 
Maybe they'll. Um, no, a I, lot of theatrical releases the, are streaming now. So I have not seen the original Candyman probably since I was it. in high school. Was it any good? Was it? No, campy? It was okay. Was it was it? no. It was kind of that. Um, that guy that is the creepy actor. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. The creepy actor. But he's like one of the. Uh, he's like one of the creepier actors of that genre for the horror genre. He's a black dude. He's just got like a very. I don't know. But he was in a bunch of movies at that time. But his, I think that's why the movie his is memorable because of him. Yeah. Did he play the Candyman? Did yes. Did he play the antagonist? Okay. Yes. Um. Do, 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 do. Okay, so one can understand why villagers would have been reluctant to bring attention to the matter. So that's why it took so long to respond, basically. Initial attempts to subdue the Tigress were unsuccessful, however. Eventually, a massive party was put together to deal with the Tigress once and for all. This consisted of 1,000 villagers which, with machetes acting as beaters. Oh, that was probably the worst job. Yeah, I would not have wanted that job. You probably just hope the odds are in your favor. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by dozens of elephants with armed shikaris, which is a sort of tracker or big game hunter atop them. Then a full company of soldiers, 100 to 250 men. They're not, they're not playing games with this no, tigress. No, well, it sounds like they shouldn't. The tigress had been tracked after its latest kill to an area near the Sarda River, which separates Nepal from India. The hunter's goal was to form like a U-shape to funnel sure. the cat into a narrow river gorge and corner her against the steep banks. <clears throat> However... <laughs> this is a crafty little cat. She apparently evaded capture by leaping into the river and swimming across to India, where, where <laughs> she, she was just like, followed. She was just like, screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another thing that she probably had. Oh, she's, she's like, she's I'm a stronger like, swimmer than you are. Or she's like, I'll take my chances and just charge one of them, and likely they'll be too scared to get off a good shot, mm-hmm. and I'll either jump over them or go right through them. <laughs> yeah. Now, this story is sounding so familiar. I feel like this might be the story I read. Okay. About of Jim Corbett's um because I remember a story about a, a tiger whose mouth was injured and that's why mm-hmm. why they were. Yeah. And that's why they became a serial killer. Yes, like a very very scary pre- predator. So a note on credibility of victim count. It is impossible to verify with certainty the total number of victims. Record keeping, especially in Nepal, was virtually non-existent. Makes sense. However, the 436 number, and that sounds like, yep, oh, I, I was wrong. I doubted Alex. I'm sorry, Alex. I shouldn't have doubted you. I See, I'm used to doubting myself. So <laughs> the 436 number is certainly within the realm of possibility. A tiger needs to kill an animal weighing between 125 to 135 pounds every week to survive, typically a deer or a boar. Mm -hmm. However, if a tiger substituted humans for its diet, it could easily hunt at the same rate. Yeah, that's roughly the size of a human. It could get one human a week, no problem. Uh Uh-huh. And and it'll be the easiest thing for them. And could go after, because 125 to 135 pounds is like a smaller person. That's not a very large person. Or you could get... Two medium-sized people in one <laughs> yeah, week. Right? Yeah, you could you know, average it out. Like, do I want this to be a one-meal week or a two-meal week? <laughs> do you I know? feel like a snack today? Yeah. Oh, geez. This, I feel like we're being very flip. 
<laughs> being what? Very flippant to a, well, I'm, it's, a level that were... This is a horrific thing. It's awful. I'm just trying to find, like, the... I'm trying to I'm trying to write my own like horror script in my head right? and, it's, and it's coming out through the microphone. Gotcha, gotcha. No, this is terrible that this happened to people. Also, what happened to the tiger is pretty terrible too. I was going to so say it's this. It's um. There were no winners in this story. There were not, and it's uh, unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean mm-hmm. colonial colonialism mm-hmm. is obviously still a very real thing, and these are just some of the consequences that nobody ever really even talks about or thinks about right and what's horrible is that it was the, the, british colonialism but the people right of Nepal were the ones and the tigers the yes, the tigers absolutely. and the people were both exploited yep you yep. know and mm-hmm. if you're gonna pit those species against right, each other that's what happened who's gonna win most of those mm-hmm. battles the the mm-hmm. tiger mm-hmm and that's essentially what happens colonialism forced these two species to fight with each other and Tiger yeah. got pretty far before yeah. they got her. Yeah. Uh, so if the tiger was feeding solely on humans during the nine years of the attacks, that would amount to 468 victims. Sure. So one victim times 52 weeks times nine years. So the, it's actually I don't, a I don't doubt number. it. I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. Once, I, I once she found it, it's like a fisher finding like the best fishing spot ever. He's like, I will come here for the rest of my life. That's probably mm-hmm. how she felt. She's like, this is easy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because I imagine humans were a lot easier to hunt than, like, fast-moving deer or boar. Even, and I'm sure occasionally, like, she would give somebody, like, a head start just to see, you know? You know, that's such a cat thing. (laughs) You know she did. cat would do that. Yes, she would. A cat would completely do that. Like, our cats would kill us in our sleep if they could. They could. They just know that they can. Yeah. That's the only thing that stops them from killing us. Even if you gave them, like, a 200-yard head start. Right, there's no... 40 miles per hour! She would get there, I was going to say, she'd get there in, like, five seconds. miles per hour. And, oh, there's a tree. Uh, Well, she can climb those, too. And swim. Oh, there's a... Let me swim through the river. Oh, I'm saying. uh Super predator. Oh, man. So, once in India, the... So, remember, she, she was being hunted... She escaped across the river from Nepal to mm-hmm. India. So now she's in India. Once in India, the tigress continued her killing streak in the... It's like, check it out. Another in spot. The Pumon. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, uh, oh, I just, I've just been eating at McDonald's all this time. Now I'm sure Burger like, King. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Kumon region with another 234 victims. Now this is... This is pretty crafty. The tigress adapted her hunting style to best evade hunters, traveling great distances between kills. So she's basically running. She's on the run and adopting a much larger territory than is usual for a Bengal tiger. Her. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to feel terrible. Her victims mostly consisted of women and children Mm -hmm. who were often at the edge of the forest collecting firewood or food for livestock, which again... Who so an exploited people group, the most vulnerable people in the exploited people group mm-hmm. are the victims. It's of that's course. horrific. That's how it, that's how it works. <clears throat> oh boy. Uh, so she also killed during the daytime, which is virtually unheard of for tigers, yeah, who are typically pretty... nocturnal hunters. Right. Yeah. Uh, she terrified the local vi- villagers who would often hide inside their stone huts for days at a time after hearing her roar in the forest. Oh, 
fuck yeah. That is oh so, my god, that is so it creepy. Is. That is so creepy. I would do the same oh, damn thing. I would too. I would still be inside. I think we scared Jesse. Sorry. I'm sorry. You scared Jesse. I scared, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I like grabbed onto the script so hard I bent that the paper. That is creepy. But yeah, That's I would so do the. That's so terrifying. Yes, absolutely. Like, I'm going to stay inside yeah. for the foreseeable future. I do not like the chances of me meeting this little kitty on the outside oh my goodness that's awful who okay um the whole region was essentially paralyzed for years remember this happened over like nine years Mm -hmm. while the attacks continued one might wonder why the local villagers didn't try to hunt the tigress themselves the answer is they couldn't Due to a violent uprising against the British colonial government in 1857... They didn't have any weapons. All Indian subjects had been subsequently banned from owning firearms or weapons of any variety. Ugh, that is the worst thing. So while Jim Corbett comes across as somewhat of a white savior figure, which is highly problematic, the truth is that this was a problem caused by the British colonial government and only one they could resolve. Right. So they created the problem and then created the solution. And it wasn't... And people... So not only were these people subjugated, made a victim by what the British were doing, they couldn't even protect themselves. Right. From an animal because they were not allowed to have weapons. That is... Uh, imagine living in these villages with these wild animals and you can't own a weapon for your own defense over a tiger that you can hear. Yeah. You can hear roaring. Well, that's why you stay this in your house horrific. for days yes, at a time because yes. you literally can't defend yourself. Oh, man. Okay, so enter Jim Corbett. Jim Corbett was Irish by blood but born and raised in... I don't know why I, I need the pronunciation guide every time. Kuman. I think because I didn't usually when I I am doing the research, well, yeah, I think you, it in my head right. enough times. You're just anyway, seeing these for the first yeah. time. His father was the local postmaster in the Indian town of Nanatal. Interestingly, his grandfather and grandmother fled Ireland due to the fact that their relationship began when he was a priest and she was a novice training to be a nun. Interesting <laughs> a fun story. Yes, the eighth child of. 16 children. I think they might be Irish Catholic. Maybe. Corbett learned to hunt and track game under the guidance of a local shikari who became a father figure to him after Corbett's father died prematurely of a heart attack. By the age of 10, he was a competent hunter and tracker, helping to feed his family with bush meat from his excursions into the forest. Jim Corbett dropped out of school at age 19. That actually seems pretty old for the time <laughs> so we made it through high school seems about right for the time <laughs> i know like right 19 i'm done with school <laughs> he just didn't go to college i guess yeah and began working as a fuel inspector for the bengal and northwestern railway he first heard about the tigress in 1903 so she had already been at it for like five years when the british government began sending in hunters to try to kill her after a few years passed and several hunters had attempted and failed The government approached Corbett as he had gained some notoriety as a tracker and hunter. That's how, 
like this was his thing. This is what he was known for. He accepted the charge, but only on the condition that all other hunters be called off and the bounty removed. It was him, him going up against this tiger, and that was that. Allegedly, oh, okay, well, this makes sense. <laughs> this is the fun of reading a listener script that I haven't sure. read. <laughs> Allegedly, he had a lifelong fear of being accidentally shot by another hunter, and I would say that uh, is a well-founded yeah. fear. Yeah. I think, I think that is... Oh, this is fantastic. Look at this. A note. This is all Alex. A note on white paternalism. Okay. Okay. It's easy to see how Corbett could become idolized for his epic hunt of the Champawa tiger. However, it's important to note that the British government had a strong bias towards creating this type of narrative. Well, they, sure. they were certainly guilty of portraying native Indians as people who couldn't govern themselves mm-hmm. and needed the British to oversee them. And in truth, this was an ecological disaster created by the forces of British colonialism. And if a British citizen finally killed the tiger, it was only them cleaning up after their own mess. However, it's probably unfair to vilify Corbett as a one-dimensional colonial oppressor. He was a complicated figure, having been born and raised in the Indian wilderness. He spoke the native language fluently, worked closely with Indian hunters and trackers for most of his life, and always felt more comfortable in the Indian wilderness. Even after India overthrew the British colonial government and began self-governing, there was a great amount of affection for Corbett. As is mentioned in the aftermath of this story, so I guess we'll mm. get to that, the Indian government renamed its most important national park after Corbett as recognition of his services to the Indian people as a conservationist. Nice. So, so I get what Alex is saying here, and that's that's a that was just a very well written yeah. um and, note and this on that. this is also <laughs> at a time where the only media you have is print. Mm-hmm. Which you can easily yeah. manipulate print. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. and she's also writing this like he didn't create his own legend. He just did what he got paid to do. That was somebody else doing that for him. He was just out mm-hmm. doing his thing, and mm-hmm. obviously was pretty good at it and well respected for it. Mm-hmm. Alex, again, I yes. don't know if Alex oh, goes sorry. by she or he or they. So. Okay, I apologize, Alex. I just keep saying Alex. <laughs> so that was a, a very uh, good, succinct, well put note on uh, white paternalism and on Jim Corbett. So five days after agreeing to track the tigress, a runner after um, Corbett agreed to track the tigress, a runner from a nearby village arrived with news that the tiger had taken another victim, a woman who had been ripped from a tree while gathering leaves to feed cattle. This, these are, this, this is grisly deaths oh i'm sure none of these deaths are yeah these are all bad that's oh that's awful upon reaching the village corbett found it quote in the state of abject terror oh Um, yeah yep i'm sure you could just cut the tension with a knife absolutely if they were allowed to have knives yeah they weren't so they couldn't even i bet you could cut, cut the tension with a piece of tree bark (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? Which is the only uh, weapon they could have, apparently. Right? And that, that wasn't even uh, going to uh. do the trick. Apparently, the villagers had remained in their huts for several days, not even leaving to relieve themselves. Oh, <sighs> yeah, because what, I mean, you it, have to go pee. You don't would, want that to be like your... And that would be when you're most vulnerable, yes, too. Yes, yes. So, no Very thanks. Very true. 
The stench was heavy in the air and the villagers were famished from having little to eat. Yeah, that's the other thing. So you don't want to leave for anything. That's going to include food. So after following a trail of blood to a shady hollow in the forest nearby, the only thing Corbett and his men discovered were some fragments of bone and shreds of clothing. The tigress was gone. A side note. Tigers will remain by their kill for several days, eating and resting until they have devoured it in its entirety. They can easily crush bones with their powerful jaws, so little often remains when they are finished. I've heard that as well, that that, um, they're gorgers, Mm -hmm. that cats are gorgers. Um, That's that's why uh, with Jesse, when... I because my first cat I owned as a child mostly, so I, I didn't really have a lot of like knowledge of the best way to deal with um, feeding the cats and everything. So I used to just leave bowls of food out for like dry food for Pipsqueak when I had her. Um, uh, poor thing, because <laughs> <laughs> she threw most of it up. She had such bad hairballs. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I asked the vet. When I took Jesse there uh, once, kind of went early on when I had him, uh, like what was the best way to feed him, best type of food and everything. And I remember she said that cats are like, they, they shouldn't be allowed to just eat continuously. Sure. Now, I'm not saying that anyone else's version of feeding their cats is wrong. This is just what a vet told me. Um, nor am I making any recommendations at any rate. Um, because house cats... Because they're not as active, especially indoor cats as, as outdoor cats or um, cats out in the wild, they'll just like eat constantly and potentially gain to gain more weight than they should. That makes them unhealthy and causes diabetes and other issues. Um, so she said they really can just be fed once a day mm-hmm. or twice a day if you want. And so that's why we feed these two twice a day. <laughs> Are they ever hungry when they yes, eat? They, are. they sure. And um, we've been told that they're in exactly the right physical condition that they should be. So that has worked for us. Anyway, leaving domestic cat corn. Yeah, again. If they could, <laughs> if they could eat whole animals, they would. And they do eat the bones and stuff. I know. Sure. So yeah. Following the advice of the villagers, Corbett traveled to the nearby vil- nearby city of Champawat which had seen many attacks in the preceding years. This, as it turns out, was the center of the tiger's territory and an area that she would often return to. Here he received a somewhat chilly reception. (laughs) Kuman was a... I don't know why that one's hard for me. Kuman was a stronghold of anti-colonial sentiments and a center for the uprising of 1857. So an armed representative of the British government was an understandably unwelcome presence. Ooh, here's a grisly little Uh, uh, picture of illustration. But but he was more welcome than the tiger was. Yes, I would would (laughs) would, think so. I would imagine so. so. Because he was coming with himself and like a couple of guys mm. not a not a whole army but with weapons so you could True. see being like hello british man with weapons yeah. we're not gonna trust you shortly before arriving they received news that the tigress had taken another victim this time a 16 year old girl she would be the tigress's final victim mm. corbett was able <coughs> i thought i could stay that up 
Uh, Corbett was able to follow the bloody trail through the dense undergrowth. In his own words, quote, The track of the tigress was clearly visible. On one side of it were great splashes of blood where the girl's head had hung down, and on the other side of the trail, her feet. Hmm. Mm. End quote. Corbett tracked the tigress and her victim down through a narrow river gorge to a dark hollow beside a clear pool. Here he discovered a gruesome sight. Just a whole collection of... Quote, (laughs) At the edge of the pool was an object which had puzzled me as I came down the water course, and which I now found was part of a human leg. In all the subsequent years I have hunted man-eaters, I have not seen anything as pitiful as that young, comely leg bitten off a little below the knee, as clean as though severed by the stroke of an axe, out of which the warm blood was trickling. Hmm. Quote. It's a very descriptive writer. Mm-hmm. Finding the tigress's feeding spot, Corbett was suddenly surprised by the tiger herself waiting in ambush. She's like, hello, lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is a surprise. Like, yeah. yeah. Did somebody oh. did somebody order delivery? Did you come for dinner? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to dinner. Yeah, he attempted to shoot her with his rifle, but missed in his mm. surprise and excitement. Fortunately, the sound of the rifle's blast in the canyon was enough to scare the tigress away temporarily. So, kind of worked out for both of them in that case. Well, yes and no, because, well, obviously... I mean, he's trying to kill her, yeah. Right, and he found, like, the one so... She's probably not going to be back there for a long time. Let's read on. Let's oh, find out. Oh, okay. God, this is like th- this is reading like a like a novel. Well, that's that's what Corbett's. Yeah. My dad still has the book. We'll have to. I'll have to. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to get some ebooks of this. Yeah, absolutely. Or the um, Audible. Yes. Yeah. Hoping she would remain by her kill at least for another day or two, Corbett quickly made his way back to Chimpawat to devise a strategy to deal with the tigress. So he had to craft a plot here. What he came up with was risky and had one big weakness. It relied on the support of the local villagers, who, as we said, were super trusting. Yeah. What he intended was for a number of villagers to act as beaters, standing on either side of the ravine. If they could make enough noise to flush the tigress out of her hiding spot, her natural line of retreat would be through a narrow gorge where Corbett would be waiting in ambush. So this is like, Mm. they're doing a reverse tiger attack, right? They're thinking the way the tiger, or he's thinking the way the tiger would think. Sort of, anyway. This would be a terrifying prospect for the beaters, however. So yeah. I'm not not signing up for that. Who's going to sign up Hell no. Being unarmed in the presence of a notorious 500-pound man-eating tiger would give anyone pause. Knowing he had little chance of convincing the villagers himself, Corbett explained his plan to the ta- ta- let me try to pronounce this Tasseldar of Champawa, which is a sort of village elder or official, and pleaded with him to do what he could. He's like, "Look, I'm trying to help. I get that this is risky. Now, now I'm like, <laughs> I'm uh, improvising here. But sure. Anyway." Expecting only a handful of volunteers, Corbett was amazed to discover nearly 300 men assembled the following day. I imagine it was not that they weren't brave enough to help. It was more that they were mistrusting of him. Probably. So when one of their own people was like, hey, look, I think this is actually a good idea. I think he's well-intentioned. Can you help him out? They were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can. 
As it turns out, the Tassildar was able to persuade the villagers to join in the hunt by telling them that they could arm themselves with whatever weapons they might have. Now that is a good, <laughs> that's a good strategy. It's a good way to win them over. Importantly, including any illegal firearms they might have hidden away from the British authorities. So the British had outlawed almost any native Indians from owning weapons since the uprising right. of the century earlier. Yep. Doesn't mean they didn't have them though. Exactly. But it meant they kept them mm-hmm. well hidden. So Corbett found himself with an improvised army I mean, 300 people. That's, wow. Including the Tosseldar himself, who had brought an old double-barreled shotgun, literally held together with wire. More to come on that. Mm. Corbett and the villagers made their way north to the ravine, where they split apart so that Corbett could make his way into the river gorge before the villagers began beating through the jungle to startle the cat. Soon afterwards, the army of villagers began firing their guns, waving their swords and machetes, and shouting at the top of their lungs from the sides of the ravine. As expected, the tigress fled from the villagers through the ravine towards the narrow gorge where Corbett had hidden himself in a tall clump of grass. I cannot imagine he's sitting there with a tiger. He's sitting there waiting. Yes, with a tiger full on running towards him. And hoping, and I'm sure he doesn't know where he is. Well, I'm sure he also covered himself in like mud and other things to take away his scent. Yeah, who knows? Or I I don't know. I'm going to guess that's what he did. And then, and then, but imagine it actually worked. Yep. Like, holy holy shit. Right? (laughs) With only seconds to aim. Corbett leveled the first of his two loaded rifles, fired, mm-hmm. and missed. Oh, God. Come on. The tigress, startled by the gunshot directly ahead of her, turned around and ran back towards her kill site. The villagers, hearing the gunshot and thinking the tigress had been killed, began celebrating loudly, firing their guns in the air and shouting. Corbett was devastated as he assumed the tiger would either escape into the wild again or climb up the walls of the ravine and attack the unsuspecting villagers, causing who knows what or who knows how much carnage. So he was afraid he had accidentally driven her right back into the crowd of villagers Mm -hmm. where she could potentially kill or injure people. In a strange twist of fate, however... The celebrations of the villagers unnerved the tigress enough to send her retreating once more directly into Corbett's path. So she was getting scared back and forth, basically. Corbett knew he had only one last opportunity to kill the tiger, not only because such a scenario was unlikely to present itself again, but also because he was literally down to his final shots. This time... The tiger came directly towards where he lay in ambush, presenting an ideal target. He raised his second loaded rifle, a twin twigger, twin twiggered, (laughs) twin triggered weapon, capable of firing two separate shots. Taking aim, he fired and finally hit the tiger. She turned, searching for the source of her pain, and Corbett fired his second shot, hitting her again this time a devastating wound right below the shoulder. Mm. This is the gun he used. Mm. Unfortunately for Corbett, the tigress was not incapacitated. Instead, she was furious and thrashed around wildly in an attempt to locate her antagonist. So she's like, who 
did this and how can I get them? Corbett, now unarmed, was in an extremely vulnerable situation. Tigers are often at their most dangerous when Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. The tigress began furiously attacking the nearest object to her, which happened to be a bush in the riverbed. Corbett faced a difficult choice. Remain hidden and hope the tigress would not discover him, or take his chances by scaling up the side of the ravine to try and borrow another weapon from the villagers. I'm going with option B. Mm -hmm. Well, making his decision... Corbett was able to signal to the to Tusseldar that he wanted to borrow his shotgun. So he was motioning. With little time for hesitation, Corbett broke through the tall grass that was hiding him from the tiger and bolted up the slope. The tigress was quickly aware of his presence and began to lope towards him. As Corbett ran up the slope, the Tusseldar tossed the shotgun down to him. With the tigress nearly upon him, Corbett caught the gun, turned around, and was able to fire one final shot before the tigress reached him, hitting her in one of her front legs and dropping her. Likely as a result of her first wounds, the tigress died soon after. Mm. Here's a little illustration. That's crazy. The villagers, now realizing the tiger was finally dead, were exultant and paraded the corpse... Paraded the corpse of the tiger around their village. Okay. Don't love it, but I mean, I get it. It's kind of understandable. I get it. Killed (laughs) a lot of people. All right. And later around the surrounding area. It was important that all of the villages in the region could see that the threat, which they had been terrorizing them for years, exactly, was finally neutralized. Days after she was killed, they skinned the tiger and presented Corbett with her pelt, including the head, which he brought to the British authorities as proof of his kill. And here's the tigress, her head. That is, uh, that is With the, a giant You can head. see the injured. The cracks, yep, the cracked teeth. Canines, yep. Wow. That's what Jim Corbett saw coming at him. Uh, no thanks. And what a lot of people, unfortunately, the didn't last thing, see coming. Or the last or thing the last they thing, saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's the aftermath. Corbett went on to become a famous hunter of man-eating cats, including several man-eating leopards who also allegedly killed hundreds of people in the Kuman, did it that time, region in the following decades. Later in his life, however, he became somewhat of a celebrity due to several books he wrote on hunting, his black and white photography of wild tigers, and taking politicians and celebrities on hunts in the Indian wilderness. Don't love that part. In terms of the ecological disaster that created these man-eating cats, unfortunately, the same forces yeah. continued unabated yeah. until big cat populations had become only a fraction of their former size. As tiger populations in particular began to plummet in the mid-20th century, Corbett became one of the first high-profile supporters of tiger conservation. He played a central role in establishing the very first Indian National Park, Haley National Park later renamed Jim Corbett National Park in his honor. One of the five remaining subspecies of tiger was also named in his honor as a result of his work as a naturalist, Panthera tigris corbetti. Oh, nice. (laughs) Awesome. And there's a welcome to Corbett Tiger Reserve. Okay. Today, tiger populations remain low. Yeah. It is estimated that there are only 3,900 tigers left in the wild. In the world? In the wild. Specifically. Remember, that's not counting Well, sure, but... But yes, worldwide in the wild. 
You gotta be kidding. I didn't know it was that low. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, many of them still located in the Kumon region. Conservation efforts are focused on protecting and hopefully growing this small number of tigers. But not surprisingly, it is still difficult to persuade villagers of the benefits of introducing tigers to their backyards. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, was the story of the Champala tiger attacks. That was, that was incredible. awesome. Well not, not done. Not for those people. No, horrible, but well done, Alex. That was great. That that's like a gripping story. It was. But that is what Jim Corbett's writing is like because I'm that's what he did. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. My dad has a um it's it's an old book too. I think it's called Man Eaters of the Something Something, I think. But yeah. Uh I remember reading it's so funny, my dad has such eclectic and morbid reading tastes. He also introduced me to Edgar Eclectic. Allan Poe. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Edgar Allan Poe. That's some good stuff. It is good. Um, there's a fun Edgar Allan Poe Easter egg in the in the video game Fallout 4. Oh. Yes. Is ha- it? Dealing with the book. Uh, as soon as I came... Oh, a- the, cas- the Cask of Amontillado. As soon as I came across it in the game, I'm like, that's an Edgar Allan Poe reference. Huh. I'm like, I know it is. There you go. And sure enough. But uh, the movie, I was... Uh, referencing, um, what, what, when? Sorry. Well, I, I brought it. Well, I brought it up a couple because I didn't say oh, anything because oh, okay. I I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, is if, this a mo- Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, not surprising. I'm sure this happened at this time in history. All in multiple, multiple, and we times. know it mm-hmm. did. But the movie I was referring to was called uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. Oh, wasn't Val Kilmer? Uh, yes, and okay. and Michael Douglas. Okay. Um. Val Kilmer is the engineer that is, gets brought into. I think it's t- it's supposed to take place in South Africa. I think. Okay. But he's brought in. He's an engineer brought in to finish this one piece of the railroad. Okay. That they've had problems with because there are lion attacks. Oh. You know, along where they're trying to build this railroad. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it almost sets up the exact same way. Well, maybe as it was this inspired story. by some of the. I think it was a true story though. Oh, okay. Um, or inspired by true events. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, of course you would be terrified. Yes, it's like, horrible. I mean, what's what's especially horrible is that because the sad, sad part about this is this is just an animal trying to survive. Yep. The scary part is that when it's just an animal trying to survive, well, a carnivore trying to survive, a gigantic a carnivore pound. trying to survive, yeah. that's dangerous for other species, not the least of which is us, mm-hmm. <laughs> humans. Um, and in this case, what's, again, compounding the sadness is that the victims of this exploited species were exploited people. Mm-hmm. Well, every just, everybody's a victim. Yeah. Every, exactly, yeah. Everyone in this story was was a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. But, I mean, even I as a vegan fully admit that the right thing to do in this circumstance, in this time, when there weren't the options there are now, they had no other choice. You have to. They had no other choice. He literally comes across a village where people are famished because they're too afraid to go outside of their own homes. Because it's literally that that dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So talking hundreds and thousands of humans' lives mm-hmm. versus one, one tiger. So, yeah. I get it. 
it's just sad that and it, and it's the a, whole thing is sad. Yeah. And it also goes to show you if the people themselves had just had the means, mm-hmm. they might have been able to right? take care of this themselves. Uh-huh. But because they didn't, they had to live in fear for what, like eight years yeah. or however mm-hmm. long it was. It, uh, nine, I believe. Nine years. It was 1898 to 1907. Yeah. yeah so nine years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have the means to take care of it themselves, which I'm sure they would have tried to yeah. if they could have. But Yeah. Yeah, well, and... and I'm not going up against a tiger at all. No. I'm also not going up against a tiger without, at the minimal, a gun. Like, that that would be the... Yeah, not even a knife or a (laughs) machete. No, hell no. No, no, no. I need something that I can kill it from a very far distance. Right, from far enough away, (laughs) and if I get lucky, it only takes one shot. Well, even Corbett, Mm -hmm. who was... Took three shots. Who was very skilled in this, it took three shots. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. but yeah, the the that movie The Ghost in the Darkness is actually a pretty good movie. It and it's almost it follows very mm-hmm. much the same trajectory. So they had to hunt down like mm-hmm. a man-eating lion yep. in that case. Because okay. all the all the uh rail railroad workers just mm-hmm. they just left. Yeah. They're like Yeah, of they're, course. They're so like, this is not they're worth like it. we're not sticking around for no this. Way. And there's one gruesome scene where they try to fool because there's two lions in this movie. It's not oh, just that's what the, okay. the lions. The movie title is the name of the lions: the ghost and the darkness. Oh, they named the, one of them mm-hmm. the ghost and one of them the darkness. Mm-hmm. So there is one scene where they try to set up, try to confuse the lions, where they make a new hospital over here for all the wounded people, but oh. leave but leave the old hospital, fill it with blood and all this stuff to attract oh. the lions and. They don't fall for it. They're a little smart. No, it's, she's smart for that. It's pretty crazy. Ugh. That scene's probably made up. But anyway, <laughs> it sounds a little mean. But it was, but it was gruesome to see in a movie. Yeah. But anyway, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's worth checking okay. out. I'm sure it's on one streaming of the services. Somewhere. <laughs> you can get on anything of, right now. There but... used to be like two streaming services. Yeah, now there's, there's 19. Many. Everybody has their own service. Yeah. yeah, their own. But anyway. That's that a was topic. such a that was a great compelling story. story. Thank you very yeah. much, Alex. And very well written. Uh, this is excellent. It's it's beautifully done. <laughs> yes. It's even visually yes. fun to look at. I wish I knew how to do this. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even I don't have fun backgrounds. Like no. I just plain text. Very well done, Alex. Thank you so much. So yeah. that was the. Uh, I'm gonna try. Here. I'm gonna try without it. Okay. First. The uh, Champawat. 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 Mm-hmm. Tiger attacks. How an ecolo- uh, yeah, ecological mm-hmm. disaster resulted in the worst series of tiger attacks in history. Mm. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. Meow. <laughs> Goodbye, cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> I already did that before. <laughs>